I don't know what I can do in a way, um, but if anyone wants to get me to, to sign a piece of parchment in my own blood saying that I don't want to be Prime Minister, if that's what it takes, uh, then I'm perfectly happy to do that. Whatever okay. I can do to try and reassure people, I don't want that job. Welcome to episode 13 of the Crystal Digest, the only weekly podcast that has its EU acquired rights guaranteed in the event of a full exit from the common market. Today is the 3rd of July and my name is Ropesen and I'm joined as ever by my good friend Paul Moss. How's it going, Paul? It ain't going none too bad. Good stuff. I'm doing all right. I'm uh, focusing on me. Yeah, I'm <laughs> focusing on me plucky, blighty spirit. I mean, we survived the Blitz, didn't we? We, well, we didn't, but you know. <laughs> no. Some of our ancestors did. Some so. people survived the Blitz, yeah. therefore. We'll be all right. <laughs> we'll be By fine. By that logic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, top stories this week. Did that Ooh. happen? Did it? Oh, shit. It did happen. Brexit-Eden rumbles on as Britain experiences first Brexit week. Uh, the nation's vote to leave the EU has continued to dominate the headlines this week as the tremors of the political earthquake rumble on like the vibrations of a grimly stained coin-operated motel bed. Uh, the EU has firmly stuck its fingers up at the EU by uh, UK rather by imposing a ban on pre-article 50 discussions between the EU uh, sorry the UK and member states. The US has today reiterated its back of the line policy and markets to continue to be more volatile than a drunk Roy Keane. Uh, but ultimately, Britain, Europe and the rest of the world still don't know what's going to happen. And with no agreed actions and none seem uh, none that seem to be forthcoming. Uh, there are, however, some options that are increasingly being ruled out. Uh, the Norway model has apparently been rejected by the EU, as has the idea of participating in the single market without freedom of movement. But the world and the markets continue to wait for more information, causing huge outbreaks of constipation amongst traders at leading investment banks. <laughs> Shares in Senecott up three points. Um, next story. <laughs> fight! And another. Fight! Uh, Britain's political class respond to crisis by beating the shit out of each other. Come on! <laughs> so that's what we do best. <laughs> when, when, when the chips are down, have a cup of tea and just beat the shit out of one another. Do it! Um, both the Conservative and the Labour Party have responded to the urgent need for strong and purposeful leadership by tearing themselves to shreds, proving <laughs> that Britain and British people continue to be their own worst enemy. In the red corner, a bruised and beaten Jeremy Corbyn has seen 30 cabinet resignations and the passing of a no-confidence motion against him, causing a crisis that threatens to destroy the very Labour Party itself. The Labour leader now has, has to decide between the interests of his small coterie of allies and the 250,000 or so members that voted for him or the vast majority of the Parliamentary Labour Party and the 9 million or so people that voted for them. In the blue corner, a stunned and wounded Boris Johnson is inspecting his back for the massive knife gash inflicted upon him by <laughs> flower pot man assassin Michael Gove. In what is arguably one of the most dramatic stabs in the back uh, in British politics for a long time, uh, Gove announced his candidacy for the Tory leadership contest, effectively forcing the bumbling blonde, blonde Boris out the door. Not content with a mere double cross, Gove went on to write a scathing opinion piece in the Telegraph about his former Leave campaign buddy, proving that you can always kick a man when he's down if you really, really want to. Uh, of all the unintended consequences of the referendum, Gove as Prime Minister is easily the most spine-chilling and sperm-destroying. However, some Cameronites are now claiming that the Machiavellian Gove had orchestrated all of this from the very start of the Leave campaign, suggesting that the pouty-faced lie peddler may be even more of a shitbag than even his worst enemies thought. Wow. It's, he just he just 
continues to uh, get worse and worse. <laughs> wow, how? How? Surely he'd reach the, the zenith of, you'd, you'd of being a total so. prick. <laughs> you'd have thought so. <laughs> no. Uh, final story. Never gonna give you up, but never gonna let you down, and never gonna turn around and desert you. Britain's <laughs> Remainers continue to show unity with the EU. Never in modern history has an electoral or plebiscite result caused so much uproar in so little time. Probably not <laughs> since the time that Gareth Gates didn't win Pop Idol in 2003. And that was a damn fix. What the hell? Uh, a, pub, a poll published by The Guardian suggests that uh, nearly 3 million Leave voters regret their decision. And yesterday, yesterday wow. the streets of London were thronged with <laughs> Remain protesters, with an estimated 50,000 taking part. The Liberal Democrats have pledged to campaign on a platform of EU re-entry. Members in Parliament on both sides continue to debate the possibility of not enacting the referendum in Parliament. And legal academics are exhorting the need for a second referendum. So so the question now is, even after the referendum result, is it actually going to stand? Well, like everything in this blasted affair, the, the answer to that question is neither clear nor forthcoming. In all likelihood, any firm policies or positions on parliamentary acceptance of the referendum are now going to have to wait until both parties pull their collective fingers from their arses and elect new leaders. This could take some time, and any future posturing on the referendum would be dependent on the public mood at the time, and indeed on what overtures are being made by our cheese and sausage-eating erstwhile partners in Europe. So, the three stories this week, it's all its all Brexit again, Paul. Oh, it's been a slow week, hasn't it, it's really? It's been a slow, week. Been a slow week. I'm surprised you were able to cobble three stories together. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Sleepy, sleepy British summer of uh, nothingness. <laughs> if we, oh, try and take, if we take it one step at a time. I mean, I suppose the we first... We might have to. We might have to. The first, <laughs> the first part is that, ultimately, there hasn't been a huge amount of movement in terms of what, what a potential Brexit Britain well, will, will look like. There's been no movement on, on what a potential... Brexit Britain may look like, or what a potential Brexit will smell like. like. <laughs> exactly. No one, no one has a. It's blind tasting at the moment. I mean, it's. Yeah. Um, it, there seems to be. I mean, as I mentioned, I think that they, they're they're putting up lists of things of what it might not be like. Yeah. Um, but still, it's not it's not clear what it mm -hmm. what it would be like. Uh, one of the things I think they can all agree with, with one of the things it may may be like, is uh, is Mad Max Fury Road. I think that's that is. I think experts are probably saying, yeah, that's the most likely a possibility. Outcome. I think so. Um, there has today been some kind of. Uh, there is a bit of a bit of a rift actually in within the EU itself as to how Britain should be treated. I mean, notwithstanding the mm. fact that they all agree that um, there won't be any negotiations before Article Fifty is invoked, and uh, you know, <sighs> uh, access to the common market will would would necessarily entail free movement of people, but. Beyond that, there is a little bit of a rift, and I think like mm -hmm. Angela Merkel is kind of on the more pro-Britain side, and you've got Juncker, uh, the president himself, who of the EU himself, who's, who's, who's certainly taking a more, more firm line. And I'm not sure how that's going to pan out because potentially that could actually work to Britain's Britain's advantage, I suppose. If it could do, I mean, um, Europe were probably never going to be united on this because I think one no. thing you know that's worth bearing in mind is we're not unique in the fact that we have quite a lot of dickheads that is a that's a problem faced by nations all over the world yeah. and organizations so it's just natural that the eu is you know within it there are going to be different opinions and different kind of factions forming about how this happens yeah there are those i think merkel's quite progressive and forward thinking dare i say but I mean, she's obviously got her flaws mm -hmm. um, and probably sees the benefits of this not blowing up in everyone's face or you know or cutting off their nose to spite their face in order to punish britain whereas i think there are those particularly junker who are so far ingrained in the european dream that 
you know, this can't work for us. If this works for Britain, then if Italy leave, it'll work for them. If Spain leave, it'll work for them. And the whole thing, you know, the whole 70-year project uh, comes down around their foreign ears. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, so, yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Well, um, is, in a way, a bit... A bit Corbynite in the way he's responding yeah. to this, in the sense that very stubborn, very stubborn, and also mm. just advocating the complete opposite of what perhaps is required at the moment. In the sense yes. that uh, he's sort of saying more Europe when um, even the best, even the most uh, pro, you know, even very pro-European with it, pro-European people within member states are actually saying that you know more Europe might not be. Yeah, the I've best never answer. heard. I've never heard a pro-Europe argument which doesn't start. Well, the EU has its flaws, <laughs> right? That that tends to be how how conversations yeah. about the EU go. I think everyone is in pretty broad acceptance that, yeah, as it was, wasn't perfect. But you know, I'm a firm believer that you know you don't sleep on the floor because because the sheets need changing. This so. is true. But it's um, I think um, in any event, had Britain stayed in, it was it was a case that any of these massively federal type reforms um, mm-hmm. were they ever to happen would have would have been subject to a complete consensus i think of of member state approval so if you didn't vote in favor of that one state and britain presumably never would vote in favor of something like that it would never be on the it would never really be an option you know it's mm. like the accession of turkey it was never really going to happen because it'd have to be um ratified consensually by every member state which was which was never going to happen with yeah stuff like that well so. i guess you know there's also probably a lot of the the eu people who are saying right trigger article 50 now you know britain have said they're going to leave so you must leave because there's probably a big part of them that really want us out because we are the famous heel draggers with inside the union aren't we we slow down everything we oppose everything and we do have you know we did have a lot of power at that table so it's actually in a lot of the the pro-eu movement i mean you can probably just feel like they've they've had enough of it you know like you'd just be a bit fed up wouldn't you just like oh god here we are again look at him again with his bloody bowler hat and his you know (laughs) And his uh, fucking scones or whatever with jam on it. Oh, causing English a fuss. English dicks. English dick. Um, next story, Paul. Uh, in Inward looking now. Um, it's an absolute bloodbath, apparently. I mean, I love the <laughs> hyperbole that's used. You know, like when, when in, in politics, when someone just says something shitty about someone in their own party, it's called a mm. knifing. You know, like, yeah. he's been knifed. Uh, and that's what's happened this week. Boris Johnson was knifed, knifed in fact by Michael Gove uh, in um, well, what started with I think an article in the Telegraph on on sort of Sunday uh, mm-hmm. last week, uh, pretty much on the day that we were recording actually. But um, and then it's kind of kind of panned out a little bit since then. Uh, shocking stuff, really. <laughs> <laughs> Just what the fuck? I mean, Jesus Christ Almighty! I mean. Let's just, I guess we start with Boris. Yeah. You know, he's kind of been, he's been let off the hook a little bit because it's been such a fuck wow, fuck wow, fuck wow. Because yeah, so much stuff's happened. Right. I think that Boris right. has kind of got off the hook, but that floppy haired shaven baboon mm. is fucking well, kind of, I mean, he's essentially torn a country in half in order to, to just become prime minister. And then he's just walked away from that. Well, I, think... I just, I don't feel that he's getting enough shit for it. Well, I think, I, I, I with Boris though, you think. I mean, he wasn't. He, he got um, you know pushed out because Gove essentially mm. has just come out and run for it, uh, and, st- and and said that he doesn't have any confidence in Boris. I think today he came out in the press as saying that his confidence in Boris evaporated. Yeah, or whatever. Couldn't and, in all couldn't in all clear conscious backer. Yeah, backer Johnson. Backer dick like Johnson. <laughs> and um, it you know it, it, there's the um, so so Boris in a in essence was pushed out, and you sort of feel that. From from here, he's kind of in the wilderness, really. He's pu- he's pushed out into no man's land, and I don't know that 
in politics you really get that many chances to come back from that it's going and, to be difficult um, it's going to be difficult for him and it seems and the those on his side and also it has to be said on Cam- and David Cameron's camp uh, are sort of insinuating that Gove had plotted this from the start there's a very mm. famous uh, or very infamous I suppose dinner party that took place in February this year where allegedly um, it took place between Gove and his Gove and wife Johnson and wife and Evgeny Lebedev, the funder behind of the independent newspaper mm. and um, at that meal apparently uh, Gove persuaded uh, Boris to to support the Leave campaign and hit him with some impassioned arguments in the in, in the way that only a ventriloquist doll can really really do <laughs> and uh, he you know convinced him and and B- Boris you know has backed him and and then you know the the first available opportunity is. Has cops it in the back. Shafting him, but it doesn't really appear to have worked very well for Gove because May is is front runner yeah, by some. That's right. And she's not only front runner with inside the, the party, which is, is obviously what's needed, but she also appears to be front runner with the press as well. Sun the Sun newspaper have given no big backing to yeah. uh, to Gove at all. You know, they appeared then No, not at all. I think May and her... the Mail have massively thrown it behind uh Theresa May. But no, you're right, yeah, Theresa May I think today was was sixty percent in the in the yeah. polls, so she's way ahead. But um, I, I think she's probably the best best uh, person for the job, really. Oh, but, God, yeah, I mean, she's um, got to pick one of those. She's a, she's a, she seems oh. like a serious kind of politician. Ironically, today, yeah. I think um, Michael Gove came out and said that she doesn't have the moral authority to lead, which is a brilliant comment. Um, mm-hmm. It's like Jeremy Corbyn saying David Cameron's suits are a bit shit or something. It's just a <laughs> bit... Um, um, but yeah, final story this week. Um, it's the sort of... It, it's the fact that this... Um, this referendum result really hasn't been accepted (laughs) yeah Um, there's been a huge protest which you'd expect i suppose um but it has been quite a quite an ardent one i I think that referendum uh, sorry that petition is now in the god knows how many million now Mm -hmm. um there's there's millions of people that purport to uh be you know in regret i think that yeah i've seen a few interesting polls that have suggested uh yeah that you know it is in the millions of people who who regret their vote and uh, also seen some rather disenfranchised polls about how fucking shit some people are in this country. Yes, uh, yes, it's um, it's pretty bad. It, but it's uh, and I think there's also quite a lot of like legal opinions now floating around. Oh, there's some there's some really interesting legal arguments uh, of of the referendum. Yeah, um, and it and it's it's not it's just not something I recall happening in any other situation like this really. And. Uh, yeah, it does make you wonder what 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 will happen going forward. Yes, but I yeah. think all of the all of the options are ones that leave you feeling a bit uneasy because someone's yeah. going to feel a bit hard done by. You know, I've read a few things by quite a lot of uh, lawyers and stuff saying that, that Article Fifty may never be um, kind of uh, activated. You know, it's yeah. kind of kept back and back. You know, Theresa May now saying you know shouldn't be done this year. You know, shouldn't be done until early next year. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, whereas at the beginning of this process, it was right at the beginning it was going to happen. Then it happened, and it was okay. We'll have a leader by second of September, and now we're already into 2017. Mm. You know, it, mm. the longer the longer the period for that article is inactivated, the you know the you, the likeliness of it happening diminishes. I wonder. Do you think that it would be so funny if they just forgot? You know what I mean? There was just like <laughs> another like. 9-11 or something and people just yeah. forgot people just like, oh shit do you remember that oh my god I, yeah. 15, we, we were going to do that weren't don't we? tell anyone don't tell anyone <laughs> don't tell Junker somebody get rid of Junker don't tell Junker but um, yeah who knows I mean it's going to be um, the, 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 I, I think what what's you know the the kind of rejection of the result is, is something that is 
being felt, I think, across the country. But mm. um, another unpleasant thing that seems to have happened since then has just been the increase in kind of um, eth- ethnocentric uh, yeah. <laughs> hate crimes and whatnot. I think you it, know, I, I read is... that there was a fivefold increase in that. Now, the government, I think, came out today and said that they're going to try and stamp down, you know, clamp down on that. And I think that this is the time to do it. And if they, if they mm-hmm. really mean it, I, I still think that it's not at a level which can't be brought back under control. You know, like no. it's not kind of Kristallnacht or something. It's not yeah. going you mental. Know, there's a lot of that talk of, you know, the genie can't be put in the back yeah. of the bottle and stuff like that. It's not quite... I think you, you know, if you get in there early, you can yeah. do that. And if you make some serious examples of people and, mm. you know, there's harsh punishments for stuff like that, um, you know, it, then, then it can be controlled. But they've got to get in there now and they've got to yeah. set the narrative straight um in in the debates that they have in parliament and, and all the rest of it so there is a lot of responsibility on them and uh, mm-hmm. they haven't generally performed that well with responsibility in the last yeah responsibility is not an, not an area they've excelled at really no. is which isn't isn't what you want from a government no um well <laughs> <laughs> On this day in history, Paul, um, it's 3rd of July today. It is. Uh, last week was the 26th of June, and the theme of last week's facts mm-hmm. was long overdue American legal ru- rulings. Ah, uh, that's right. Rulings handed right. down by the Supreme Court. And uh, the three facts were, fact number one, in 1975, the US Supreme Court ruled that Wisconsin state laws preventing women entering military service were unconstitutional. Uh, fact number two is in 1983, the United States Supreme Court ruled that Alabama state laws preventing Negroes from purchasing property in certain areas were unconstitutional. And the final fact, fact, fact number three, in 2003, the United States Supreme Court ruled that Texas state laws prohibiting sex between two males was unconstitutional. So uh, out of those three, I think you went for I think number I went two. For, uh, yeah, I think I went for number uh, two. Alabama all, state all laws. Plausible all plausible. All plausible. All, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there was a bit of a It was a tricky one. There. It was a I, threw, I threw a bit of a curveball in there, but um, the answer was actually fact number three, um, and uh, I think that's probably the most shocking one. Is that up until two thousand and three, that there were state laws in Texas that were that made sodomy or, or sex between two men as illegal, which is astounding. But um, the sort of uh, yeah, so that was overturned by the Supreme Court in two in two thousand and three. So. Uh, they they finally ruled that uh, that law was unconstitutional, but um, well, yeah, the curveball was actually yeah in respect of uh, black people in Alabama, um, because there is actually a, a shocking <laughs> uh, piece of uh, legislation in respect of a similar issue, and that's it, and that and that sort of shocking situation is that um, the state of Mississippi. Um, only ratified the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which abolished slavery, on the 7th of February, 2013. Jesus Christ! And, uh, and forward and this thinking, was, Mississippi. Do you know what I mean? And like, this was, and now, admittedly, this was due to an administrative error. What? Um, but they changed it. <laughs> they, they'd made, you know, something hadn't been filed properly, according to the state of Mississippi. But it, it had actually been done. They had actually ratified it. But that that ratify uh, that amendment had been ratified in 1995. Oh my god! <laughs> Even though um, the actual fuck America, come on. Do you know what I mean? And this is even, you know, which is, which I suppose 95 is better than 2013, but it's not that much yeah. better given the fact that the actual amendment, the 13th Amendment to the Constitution <laughs> was actually adopted by the House of Representatives in December 1865. So um, that, 
that is arguably the most overdue <laughs> illegal uh, ruling. Yeah, when your best case time. scenario is it's only 130 years later than it should have happened. And even then, it should have fucking happened way before 1865 or whenever it was. Oh, really? Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's just, that was the curveball, really. Oh. But um, the theme of this week's facts is the British return of stolen goods. Ooh. Um, of which of which there are lots of, of stolen goods over the years. We've done a we've done a um, fair bit of plundering. A fair bit of plundering. Wondering uh, our plundering. First fact, fact number one: in yep. 1996, the British government officially returned the Stone of Scone back mm. to its original home in Scotland. Uh, fact number two: in 1999, the British government officially returned the Jewel of Buell back to its original home in Wales. Or fact number three, in 2002, the British government officially returned the Pearl of Earl back to its original home in Ireland. So that's the Stone of Scone, the Jewel of Buell, or the Pearl of Earl. (laughs) The Pearl of Earl. Pearl of Earl. (laughs) Give us our pearl back now. Give us our fucking pearl back. You've got our pearl. (laughs) You've got our pearl. Well, 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 I... uh, Oh, what do I go for here? I'll tell you where I'm going, and I'll tell you the reason I'm going as well. Like most things in life... uh, I'm basing it off of popular Sunday afternoon BBC drama Monarch of the Glen, where, oh, I, where I remember a distinct stone-stealing British story. Oh, really? Uh, and I'm yeah. So because of that, uh, I'm going for that based on Monarch of the Glen. You're going for Stone of the Scone. Aye, the Stone of the Scone. That sounds okay. like you're digging our stones. <laughs> you're digging our stone. Catch that stone back here. Paul's gone for Stone of Scone. Answers next week. Let's take it to the man on the street. Excuse me, sir. Do you think the Olympics should be suspended in the wake of the Zika virus outbreak? Oh, no. Not at all. You can't start suspending everything because a few people are getting a cold. What's next? Suspending Christmas because Santa has a pimple? Cancelling Thursdays because somebody's got a bit of eczema? I can't see why sending people into a contagious disease zone and then allowing them to return back to various corners of the world would be a problem. I just can't. The Moss Report. Well, it's been nearly two weeks since the UK was plunged into a constitutional and existential crisis. We've had an economy in freefall, social unrest on a never-before-seen scale, and an ever-increasing chance of the united bit being dropped from our name, as Scotland and Northern Ireland both look to make a break for it while the going is good. To say that we are wading through shit with no wellies would be an understatement at this point. That's the worst kind of wading. It is the worst kind of wading there is. (laughs) (laughs) When a ruling party in just 15 15 meagre months manages to wreck lives through Dickensian austerity measures and then literally splits the nation in half with an ill-conceived referendum that was only promised to secure an election victory against a man so geeky he makes the Simpsons comic book guy look like Idris fucking Elba. And despite knowing that the economic ramifications of a leave vote would be catastrophic and at a time when, according to the MI5 at least, the UK is still at a severe alert for terrorist threats... Uh, although obviously we don't care too much for the word of experts these <laughs> yeah. days, so fuck it. We'll probably be fine on that front. Of all those things taken into consideration, you would think that being an effective opposition would be an easy, easy job. Oh, how wrong you would be! In the days since the Brexit vote was cast, the Brexit vote was cast. The Labour Party has dissolved into a wretched mess of infighting and bickering. 
When you take into consideration the fact that 17 million people just cast the vote largely because they wanted accountability for their politicians, the Labour Party are doing their best to ensure that there is none. <laughs> Harold Wilson once said that a week can be a long time in politics, but I don't think even he could have comprehended the seismic changes that the Labour Party has been through this week. In the shock of the Brexit vote, people were keen to point a finger of blame at someone. Big Davy C had fucked off, and so the finger was pointed in Jeremy Corbyn's direction, mainly for being slightly obtuse and, and not as passionate as he could have been during the Remain campaign. While the sharks of the PLP had smelled blood in the water, and putting aside what was best for the country in this time of genuine crisis, decided to strike, and so the Labour coup was born, and following the theme of the week, the party was split in half. The trouble started when, for the second time this year, we saw a lovable old socialist get screwed over by a bitch named Hillary. <laughs> Hillary Benn resigned as Shadow Foreign Secretary, uh, and he was the first in a huge wave of MPs resigning from the Shadow Cabinet, which in turn led to a vote of no confidence in Jeremy Corbyn, a motion that saw, them, uh, saw Corbyn the loser by a margin of 172 MPs to just 40. That's a beasting. <laughs> It is a beasting, it is. And and just as you thought, well, things can't get any stranger, can they, in British politics this week? We had Pete Wilshart of the SNP uh, demanding that they be named for rightful opposition <laughs> as the SNP had the backing of 46 That's MPs hilarious. this fucking week, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> However... Back in Camp Happy, the Labour Party, uh, the nation waited for someone to step up to challenge JC. And, uh, and we waited. And we waited, and uh, I think Andrew Eagle cried, um, and then we waited some more, but, but silence. Knowing that the overwhelming majority of the 350,000 or so members of the, uh, of the Labour Party were in favour of Corbyn, the PLP have nowhere to go. They had gambled on the post-Brexit Corbyn anger and lost. They had bedded all in order to secure power and to hell with the consequences, and that had all blown up in their stupid faces. Sound familiar, Boris? Probably does, probably does. Boris. Uh, but in defence of these Corbyn naysayers, uh, you know, the captain of good ship Labour this week, rather than steering for the safe waters of unified opposition, decided instead to set sail for comparing ISIS to Israel Island. <laughs> for fuck's sake, Jez. Just, just not this week, mate. Not this bloody week. Now, the Labour Party, being as fractured as it currently is, may actually be the only party that truly represents Britain right now. But all of this bullshit really needs to stop. Look, Corbyn lovers, I get it, okay? He tells the truth. He's never worked for Rupert Murdoch. He looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi, crossed with Jesus, crossed with your favourite geography teacher. He is all for wealth distribution and equality. He has principles. Whilst Dave and Boris were putting their tiny, tiny penises in the mouths of dead pigs, he was arrested at anti-apartheid rallies. I get it. I get it, right? He's a good man with a, a good, good heart and a great beard. But Corbyn haters... I get it, right? I get it. He's no tangible economic plans. He is completely unwilling to make any concessions to his political will. His platform of love and peace, boiled down, is no more than be nicer to each other, and beyond that has almost no substance at all. He's outspoken and often a champion of political extremists, and that makes a lot of people very uncomfortable. I get it. He puts idealism over realism. But do you know what? It doesn't fucking matter right now. None of that matters. What matters is we're about to try and negotiate our exit from Europe. 
We are about to sacrifice workers' rights as we know them. We have thousands and thousands of EU nationals who face a time of uncertainty about whether they will be allowed to stay in the UK once the Brexit is complete. Promises were made to the NHS over funding, the NHS being the most successful socialist project in history. The economy is in free fall. The peace enjoyed in Northern Ireland is in jeopardy. Scotland will demand a second referendum and if gets one will vote to leave the United Kingdom. And this is all done in a background where racist and xenophobic tax are on the increase as these perpetrators feel legitimised. In short, the country is in the fucking toilet. So whether you're a staunch Corbynista, a die-hard Blairite, a newly formed Eagleist, a Kinnikonian, mm-hmm. even if you are so old-school Labour that only the ethos of first ever Labour PM, James Ramsey MacDonald, will do, this fucking James embarrassing Ramsey. charade needs to stop now. You are the opposition, so fucking oppose something, please. Mmm, child. And again, another anger-sponsored Moss mm, report. Child, you better bow <laughs> something. I'm gonna smack your ass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I told yeah, them. No, it's, I told what them. A, what a mess. I mean, I, I'm. It's just. I'm firmly in the belief that. I mean, I, I don't. I haven't voted. I didn't vote Labour in the last election. Um, but uh, I, I think he's got to go. He's just got to go. Just go. I'm, I'm partly it's... of the David Cameron camp in this sort of. You know, David Cameron stood up in Parliament and went, "For heaven's sake, man, go." Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just because he's never gonna. He's. You know, they're gonna call an election. Yeah. And he's not. He, he, he's going to get an absolute hiding in a general election. It will be. Mm-hmm. It will be ridiculous, and Labour will be yeah. thrust into the wilderness for for God knows how long. And I just sort of Forever. think that um, they have to just 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 get. He, he needs to stand down. But I think he's being kind of kept there by. He doesn't look like a man who wants to be there. He looks like he's no. being kept there by people around him. And I must say, it's not. It's it's very unedifying. As you say, he is a good man, and it's very unedifying. Yeah, he's a good guy, right? It's very unedifying spectacle watching, essentially, a good man stand out there and take a beating like this because it is mm. it's it's humiliating. I mean, he's got he's got no support um, from from anyone in the parliamentary Labour Party really, and uh, it, it you know when he stands up there on, in the dispatch box, it's just. He's he's just being mocked at. I mean, everyone's laughing at him yeah. and stuff. I and mean, that cannot be. That cannot that be. That can't nice. be good. It can't be good at all, and it can't be nice for him. And you know, they just need to stop this this infighting and bickering. They need to get together and just say, "Would well, you know what? Should we just put our egos to one side for a moment? Right at the minute the country faces a crisis. Yeah, I mean, I, th- uh, I think if if we don't get our shit together one yeah. way or another, then we basically just say, "Well, whoever wins this Tory leadership election." Go for it. But I mean, I think Go that's why it. they Whereas need right to. Now, um, but they they, they need hmm. to get a leader in place, though, don't they? In order yeah. to do that. So that's why I just think, like, yeah, I just 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 stand down and have a leadership election. Just yeah. just get. He, it, either, just he either get it going. he either needs to, you know, one it needs to happen. Mm. Whatever needs to happen, it needs to happen now. So he either needs to step down, I, which I think, in the common sense, I think he should. Yeah. I think he should step down. He should find someone. There's got to be someone with inside the Labour ranks that the PLP like. Uh, who didn't vote for fucking war well, in Iraq? Yeah, right? you know, and just someone to he can give them their full backing, their full endorsement, so all of the you know the the, the momentum type guys are happy as well, and just get on with the job. Or, at or hand. he can just he could just stand in the leadership campaign, uh, you know, leadership contest as well. I mean, there's nothing to stop him from doing mm. that if he wants to, but he just needs to call it now. He needs to do it now. Yeah, and, but I think the reality is for the labour for the for the Labour Party they need someone else in go- in, in, uh, at the head of it because they're yeah. just going to get I think in order to pounded. be successful they do they're going to yeah. get pounded in the election otherwise I mean it, it's mm-hmm. you know Corbyn um, did did come in on a on a massive mandate but 
Um, and it was, you know, it's purported to be the sort of the largest mandate in history. Yeah, um, it was 60% plus, yeah. wasn't it, I think. But it's a bit of a, you know, it's interesting when people s- talk about that because that that pre- that was the first electoral pre- um, vote in the later Labour leadership election that they had where it was one member, one vote. Uh, before yeah. that, it was, it was different. There was block voting and stuff like that. So it did lead to necessarily, therefore, loads of people that were otherwise didn't have to register to vote because they were members of unions. Um, suddenly mm. had to register as members so there was a massive increase in uh, yeah. numbers anyway and i think that that might have skewed it a little bit and it was a bit sort of i think it's certainly skewed and also it, yeah. you know you were just you just had to pay three quid and literally and there was actually a tories for corbyn campaign yeah uh, group who uh you know exploited the fact that there was only about 40 people apparently who were vetting the applications that they were getting like thousands of tens of thousands of of applications that they're getting in so um, it, it, now, now, when I think Corbynites are sort of talking about his mandate, and and you know they need to sort of be a bit sensitive to really the substance of yeah. that mandate because it's not Absolutely. these the, even the the most well intentioned uh, new joiners at that time, you know they, they're not Labour Party members for ten fifteen years. They're sort of exactly. they've just joined up as a it's a three quid thing and. Uh, you know, are they are they are their interests more more important than the nine million people that voted for Labour and the millions mm. of more people that actually need Labour right now? You know, like uh, yeah. all over the place, and that's it's really I, I can't see that Corbyn himself doesn't see that. You know, like I I feel like he he knows that, but um, mm. yeah, but is under. I think he's under. I think you know that momentum bunch just seem like. Uh kind of scum oh jesus they're gonna hear this and give me loads of shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that they talk about you know that Corbyn uh, as well is talking yeah. about sort of loyalty in government because he, he he's he's an interesting character isn't because as a rebel uh just, i looked up some facts on this and he, you know as a you know corbyn himself <laughs> rebelled mm. against the labor whip 492 times <laughs> in the past yes. so um if if there's people in the party parliamentary uh, members or otherwise that are, are rebelling against him he's hardly one to sort of uh, <laughs> take exactly too much he's not in he's not in much of a place to no. <laughs> without being an enormous hypocrite to kind of step but, down uh, now another thing happened today as well which makes me really really think that that this is a time for for corbyn to go mm. and that is that everyone's favorite renter dick fucking katie hopkins oh, Lord. Uh, massively threw her support behind Jeremy Corbyn today. Well, this is big, this is you see that's that's insidious. That because that that tells you yeah, right exactly. there. Exactly. That's, that's what they I mean, want because they know that the longer this labour infighting continues, the easier the road is for whoever. It's not, I mean, gets it's to, not to it's not even the just Brexit the infighting. Deal. It's not even it's just mm. Corbyn. It's literally just yeah. Corbyn. I hate to say it, but like it's, as long as Corbyn's there. The Tories are going to win an election. It's as simple as that. And it's like, yeah. even David Cameron said that in the dispatch box. He was like, look, it might be the mm. interest of my party for you still yeah, to be there. That, yeah. But in the interest of the country, you've really got to go. And it and it's mm. that's as, it's as sad as that. And I understand like there was a bit of talk about, oh, why do you need to do this now? And all this sort of stuff. And you think, well, you know, the, the party, the Tories are, have got their leadership uh, election or sort of, um, you know, whatever battle underway and mm-hmm. mo- both parties are going to need to have a leader in place by the conference season yeah. in sort of September time so really for both parties if you weren't going to do it now you, you, when were you going to do it I mean it takes a few months to do these things anyway so I think that mm. people's hands have been forced in that regard And but yeah Cor- Corbyn just looks as intractable as ever he doesn't I don't think he, he yeah. just doesn't look like he's going to budge and that is, is problematic because it could really you know that could really tear the Labour Party up and that's that no one mm-hmm. wants that well, you've been some things this week. There are, you know, kind of traditional, uh, 
you know labor movements have looked at un- under the uh, the copyright law for labor so if there was a split in the party mm. who would who could continue take, to be the it. actual labor party it's... i mean it, we've been here before <laughs> in the in sen- in the sense that in the uh, 1980s obviously there was an offshoot La- labor went massively to the left again uh, yeah. and there was an offshoot and we, we, we had the sort of the sdp uh, which was kind of left-leaning tories and right-leaning labor mm. m- uh, members but that was a disaster really so we and and it you know it led to what successive Tory election wins and uh, and all the rest of it. So uh, we don't need that now <laughs> at this time. New. But, uh, well, yeah, we, we we shall wait and see what happens. Hello, I wish to register a complaint. You what? I said I would like to register a complaint about this referendum I voted for not an half hour ago. Oh, yeah, the vote to leave the EU. Very popular vote. What's wrong with it? Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with it. It's a lie. No, no, it's not a lie. It's it's just, uh, well, it's fact-adjusting. I know a lie when I see one, Sonny, and I'm looking at one right now. This isn't what I voted for. No, no, it's just adjusting. Beautiful democratic choice, that is, to leave Europe and all. The democratic choice don't come into it. It's not what you told me I was voting for. No, it is. It is. You've got to wait and see. No lies at all. Oh, all right. We'll see, shall we? Hello? Hello, Brexit? Do you have 350 million quid for the NHS? Brexit? Can you deliver access to the single market whilst controlling immigration? Hello? Brexit? There you go. Loud immigration. No, it didn't. Well, it's about to. Any second now. Give it a chance. Look, my lad, I've had just about enough of this. Not an half hour ago, you were telling me that the economy would be fine, the pound would remain stable, and any talk of a recession was scaremongering by a European elite. Now, I'm staring down the barrel of economic and social uncertainty. That's what I call a lie. No, it's the truth. It's just... It's stand. It's... It's pining for a Prime Minister. Pining for a Prime Minister? Pining for a Prime Minister? What kind of talk is that? Look, why did it fall flat on its face the moment it got voted for? Well, the nuances of democracy are a beautiful thing. But it's a lovely vote, sovereignty, and an end to unaccountable bureaucratic elite. Look, I took the liberty of examining this vote, and the only reason it was put to the people was because you had nailed it there with some whopping gruddy blade lies. That was a good vote. An honest vote. It's just... pining. It's not pining, it's passed on. This vote has no verity. It's a lie. It's a card-carrying member of club bullshit. It's a whopper, a fib. It is bereft of truth. This is a dishonest, ill-fought pack of lies. It's a con job, a scam. It's as valid as an email claiming you've won the Nigerian lottery. This is an ex-referendum. Well, better replace it then. If you want anything done in this country, you've got to complain until you're blue in the mouth. Ah, sorry, I don't have any other referendums. I've got Theresa May. Right, get on with it. Get on with it! Sub better slam. Um, so four more headlines to slam at each other this week. Slight yeah. change in the format. Uh, so uh, to allow people at home to play along, um, we're going to sort. Of, we'll go through the headlines. We'll give. We'll read out all four, mm-hmm. 
uh, and then you can write them down and then you give me your four and I'll write them down and then we'll come back and do each one I like to it. give us a little bit of time to think of stuff um, so I'll go through my four now go for it uh, First one. First one is chaos as primary school evacuated after bomb threat. Number two is Brexit allows Britain to get back on its own two feet, says Ringo Starr. Uh, number three is two charged after baby shot in the head with an air rifle. <laughs> and the last one is banker who dressed as a clown to impress children jailed for abusing an eight, abusing <laughs> I an eight year old. On myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quality one. <laughs> So those are your four there, Paul. I've just sent them to you, so you have to write them down. Nice. So uh, so my four. Teddy bear-shaped ecstasy pills flood UK. <laughs> Epic fight between snake and rat. We want our fannies back. <laughs> Australia's oh democracy has size of sausages. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Okay, I'll start with the first one for you then, Paul. Yeah, Chaos's primary school evacuated after bomb threat. Michael Gove's last move as education secretary doesn't go down well. <laughs> 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 I knew Gove you get He's got there. to, innit? He's got to. <laughs> um, what you got? Teddy bear-shaped ecstasy pills flood UK. Uh, makers of Pom Bear look to expand into new markets. <laughs> Love a Pom Bear. Everyone loves a bomb bear. Uh, next one for you. Brexit allows Brexit allows Britain. This is my best Ringo Starr voice. Brexit allows Britain to get back on its own two feet. Says Ringo Starr. All foreigners kicked off of the island of Sodor. <laughs> is that what it's called? Sodor. That's where yeah, that's where Thomas the Tank Engine is. Thomas is there. Uh, the island of Sodor. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, number two for you. Epic fight between snake and rat. Oh. This is almost yeah, an easy one, isn't it? Yeah, walk it in, walk it in. Boris and go, <laughs> fight to the death. <laughs> there it is. There it is. What's the next one for you? Oh, yeah, two charged after baby shot in the head with an air oh, rifle. Oh, Jesus. Oh, the things we can bring comedy out of. Uh, baby can- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the baby's fine, by the way. The baby's fine. From what I understand. Toffs find replacement for fox hunting. Wee. <laughs> Uh, All right, next for you. Plain and simple, we want our fannies back. Um, aggrieved American organ donors file class action suit. <laughs> 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 um, next one for you, last one for you. Uh, banker who press, who dressed as a clown to impress children jailed for abusing an eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the smile raises today. Such and a I good one. Child abuse and kids getting yeah, shot. And a banker. <laughs> I can't think of anything that's not horrific. Oh dear. Well, you're gonna have to pass. Gonna, That'll be the first pass. I'm gonna have to pass. Well, it's the first pass. So if I if I get this, so we drew yeah, last week. We, so if I get this, then I I might then win. You're a winner. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it? It's uh, Australia's Australia, right? democracy has a side of sausages. Oh. Um, it's amazing what they'll throw on the barbie. <laughs> and that. And that brings I doff, a bit of my cap to you this week, sir. <laughs> okay. Been slain by your pedo clowns. You've been slammed. Slammed. Been slammed. slammed by um, a pedo clown banker. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings sub editor slam to a close, and also that brings this week's episode to a close. Oh. Um, please, uh, thank you for tuning. Thank you for listening, thank and please you. do follow us again. We out next Tuesday. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, and and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And if you want to get in touch, please give us an email at thegristledigest uh, at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter is at, uh, follow us at gristledigest. Yep, yep. uh, do get in touch. And uh, it's goodbye from me. See ya.